Comedy knows that Pamtastics books the best of San Francisco and beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastics deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere five dollars every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because five dollars—I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere five dollars is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse, or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? <laughs> it's a cash cock, honey. <laughs> Want to go to Burning Man, but you don't have the right goggles, costume, or attitude? Visit 20 Mission Hive at 2415 Mission Street between 20th and 21st in the heart of the Mission District. Easily accessible by BART, this collective of unique artists and vendors has eclectic handmade clothing, leatherwork, artisan jewelry, antiques, crystals, and there's even an amazing florist. Whisper pirate ship to your 20 Mission Hive vendor for a special 10% discount on the coolest, most original items in San Francisco. That's 20 Mission Hive with eight vendors and like them on Facebook at 20 Mission Hive. 20 Mission Hive for awesome events and updates. The dictionary definition of the adjective eclectic is selecting or choosing from various sources. When Bay Area musician J.D. Buell brings you Morning Train Wednesday, 10 a.m. to noon on Mutiny Radio, that is exactly what he does. Select music from various sources to give you a unique listening experience. Rock, pop, jazz, bluegrass, gospel, funk, reggae, folk, blues, country and western, electronica, soul, disco, rhythm and blues, punk and post-punk come together with music from around the world with Buell's passionate and down-to-earth delivery. In an age of personal music delivery systems, J.D. Buell carries on the values of progressive FM radio when a listener could actually have a relationship with a programmer, someone who would create an eclectic musical environment where in both listener and host find fulfillment. The Morning Train with J.D. Buell, Wednesday, 10 to noon on mutinyradio.fm. Freeform radio for free minds. an underground space for an event? Look no further than mutinyradio.fm. Our 30-seat flexible space can accommodate your acoustic band, birthday party, comedy show, dance party, karaoke super fun, theater event, fundraiser. If you think it, we can do it. You run the door in promotion, we run the sound, space, and podcast. Rentals available Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10 at Mutiny Radio FM's performance space at 2781 21st Street in the Deep Mission at 21st in Florida. Contact Pam at pamsidai at hotmail.com for more options and booking dates. 
incredible socialist prices so you can be creative in a free speech space without breaking the bank. That's Mutiny Radio Rentals every Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10. Book your event now. Trying to hurt me, but boy, how it burns me whenever she touched me. You know, I feel so lucky. Well, hey there, San Francisco. If you're looking for some delicious late-night food, I suggest you mosey on down to Bender's Bar. Inside, you can find Counter Offer, offering you amazing late-night food and snacks. Try the chicken biscuit. It's like your stomach's in a tasty tornado. They have exceptionally great daily ground sustainable burgers with sides of tater tots, grilled asparagus, and delicious zucchini. And creamylicious mac and cheese. You like tacos? They get them. And from the specials, very deep fried fish sandwich to a stoner burger with a donut bun. What are those crazy potheads gonna come up with next? Go to the counter offer inside of Brenda's Bar at 800 South Van Ness Avenue, San Francisco. It's located between 19th Street and 20th Street in the Mission District. Open seven nights a week from 5 to 10 p.m. or later. Counter offer, son. and live music promotion, go to www.subliminalsf.com and check out their hilarious t-shirts and super cool bands at clubs and bars all over the Bay Area. Subliminal SF creates amazing flyers, posters, and design for every need. So go now to www.subliminalsf.com and experience what this wonderful local business has to offer. Oh, happy hour. What could be happier than 23 comics doing jokes for each other and at a radio listening audience? Puppets, kittens, unicorns, porn maybe? Oh, well, stage time makes them happy and this super happy comedy open mic is open every Friday from 6 to 8 p.m. But you can also listen anytime by downloading the podcast at Mutiny Radio FM Index at podcasts.pcrcollective.org. So come live or listen later or to every happy hour mic Friday from 6 to 8 p.m. at Radio FL Mutiny Radio. I just fucked that up again. What the fuck is wrong with me? Yeah! I got it. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Well, shoot. From time to time, I've given it a thought of two. You know, if you go to Joke Workshop, 
there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dag nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! I may never sleep again. And it sounds like you, Alex, may want to check out the number 4AltaCalifornia.com. That's 4AltaCalifornia.com for a non-addictive pharmaceutical free alternative to smoking medical marijuana. Check them out today at number 4AltaCalifornia.com. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Yeah, you. You look like the kind of person who has a sense of humor. It's 8 o'clock-ish. It's time for Pajastic's Comedy Clubhouse here on Mutiny Radio. You guys are all standing. You can take seats. Yes, sit in chairs. Look at all the beautiful chairs we have for you to sit in. Oh, gosh, that's so fantastic. Uh, this is the VIP area over here because there's a table you can put your drinks on. It's also very important not to move the table because underneath it is a giant hole that goes. We don't know where it goes. I actually I love that it's not fixed because that's where I sweep all the dirt into right now. I'm like, I don't have to sweep it out the door. I sweep it into the hole. It becomes part of the bottom floor that's holding us all together. Your skin and dirt are what's holding this place together. It's absolutely true. That and duct tape. You'll see it all over the bathroom. Sorry about that. Uh, this is MutinyRadio.fm, and we are falling apart <laughs> in front of your faces right now. Not just like figuratively, like I'm falling apart in my head, and I'm like, why are my parents not proud of me kind of thing, which is true, but not, not falling apart in that way, but like literally falling apart. 
art. Uh, there's a painting over there that's covering a hole in the wall. Uh, there's strange art on the walls right now that I'm uh, really loving because it's it's weird. And, and there's a huge dildo over here with claws on it. Has anybody noticed that? That's my favorite one up at the top is a huge black dick on the wall because uh, I'm just trying to prove that I'm not racist. You know what I mean? It's so hard these days. I, I don't want to have to wear a t-shirt that said I was married to a black man because that seems more racist, actually. Like, every time I try to prove that I'm not racist, I dig myself deeper and deeper into a hole. It's called being a 41-year-old white woman. It's, it's really it's great. I live here in San Francisco. You guys all San Francisco local peopleies. Yay. They go, yay. We're from San Francisco. Yay. We are so tolerant. We tolerate poo on the street everywhere. Why is this the only city where that's... I just came back from New York and Boston, and I didn't find one pile of poo on the street anywhere in either city. These are big cities, and there was no poo. And I was like, what is happening? I live in the town. Tenderloin. I live in literally the shittiest neighborhood in the United States, only because there's actual piles on the street. Uh, but I hang out with small children, so I play a really fun game, and I encourage it for you guys to play the same game with small children, is that when you come across a pile, you say, man or beast, man or beast. It's a fun game. It is. Uh, what I learned from a four-year-old is that if it's up against a wall, it's always man. <laughs> They learn physics at such a young age. You know, they're so smart these days. They need to make a new weird app or something you can have on their iPads where it's like they scroll across it and they're like, that's definitely beast. It has a lot of fiber. That's the thing. Dogs eat fiber. People eat heroin, I guess is what they're, I don't know. I don't know what they're eating. I guess you don't eat when you're on heroin. I don't like opiates. I'm so lucky. It's, it's, I dodged that bullet. Uh, I... I used to be married and I was very depressed and I came across a bunch of fentanyl from, I was, I was really depressed. And uh, I came uh, across a bunch of fentanyl because my ex-husband's father died of terrible cancer and he willed me all his drugs and so I had all this fentanyl, yay. So you know, let's try, let's try some fentanyl. So I'm not stupid. It was a 75 milligram patch and I'm a tiny person so I scored it like a a third of it and I put it on my skin, you know, just 25 milligrams of of transdermal morphine, you know, no big deal, right? Fun thing to do on a Friday. It was, uh, it was terrible. Uh, It was, I, I snuggled with my cat. It took me 45 minutes to do a Winnie the Pooh word search. Like I wasn't even looking for Tigger backward. You know what I mean? It was like forward and I was like, does it have two G's or one? Is it Tiger or Tigger? I can't, I just can't even anything. So, uh, I learned that I'm never going to be a heroin addict. Yay! I called my parents. I'm like, you guys, you should be proud of me. I'm never going to be a heroin addict. (laughs) They're still not proud of me. They're never going to be proud of me. That's cool. Uh, I've been doing comedy for five years. Unlike the comedians you guys are going to be seeing tonight, they've been doing it for less than a year. And the lineup is so amazing. You guys wouldn't even believe. I even hate saying, like, they've been doing it for less than a year. So it's, it's more like a, a, a f- me saying fuck you to them because I'm like, you're so good. Fuck you. Like, why are you so good so early? It's like, you got to, you know, oh, you've been doing it for less than a year. Fuck you. Right? I'm going to laugh at their jokes. It's good. Don't worry. I'm not going to be, you know, too jealous or anything. Uh, but I wrote a lot of jokes in my first year comedy that never landed and then now that I've been doing it for a while suddenly people think they're funny uh, which is nice Uh, I have a slew of uh, knock knock jokes Uh, (laughs) knock knock Jesus I know did that guy exist or what Jesus who he's an allegory right there's stories written about him we believe I don't believe Uh, knock knock feminism 
I can get my own fucking door, thanks. <laughs> it's like the precept of feminism. <laughs> you know what's going on? It's feminism. Uh, knock, knock. Uh, predator drone. What the fuck are you answering the door to a predator drone? You're dead. Do you see that? You're not getting a new pair of Nikes. It's going to kill you. You've just been shot in the face, dummy. That's good. It's fun times. Uh, Hey, I'll... uh, My name is Pam Benjamin. I'm going to be your host for the night. It's going to be fun. I promise. Thank you guys all for being here. Clap it up for yourselves first. Yes. Saying, we aren't comedians and we are here to support live comedy, which is an amazing fucking thing. I love that you guys are here. And uh, please enjoy the medicated treats. Uh, They will make you laugh. If you don't laugh at the end of this show, you clearly have no soul. (laughs) You are, because we're applying you. They're good. They're good treats. You guys are going to laugh. And I'm really, really super excited about the lineup tonight uh, because they're all hysterical people and they're going to grow and they're going to keep coming to Mutiny Radio as long as the place doesn't fall apart. Uh, We finally got toilet paper in the bathroom. That's so nice. Yay. Yay. Toilet paper. I know. I know. I, uh... I have to wipe my butt all the time. In, be, well, everybody does, but I, I'm 41 years old and I have hemorrhoids. So you really got to get into all the folds. Uh, but it, it's, it's difficult because my butthole kind of looks like a bunch of worms trying to escape a hungry robin. It's like someone threw a hand grenade into a deli. It's meaty. Meaty. Like I said, got to get into all the folds. God, I should buy better toilet paper than what we have back here. This is—I uh, think it's better at the at the free uh, at the free one down at Civic Center. All right, people coming in, sitting down. We're gonna get it started tonight, you guys, with your first comedian. He doesn't even have a real picture on Facebook, uh, which I appreciate because I also love Calvin and Hobbes, and I hope he has a tattoo somewhere hidden on his body that expresses his love for whatever that guy's name that made that amazing thing. uh, People just read it on your toilet, isn't that? It all comes back to poop jokes. Put your hands together, everybody, right now for your first comedian of the night. It's Justin Lockwood! Keep it going for Pam! All right. Thanks for coming out, everybody. This is nice. Thank you. Um, I have uh, recently come to accept that uh, no matter how old I get, uh, my parents are just never going to stop selling weed. They, uh, they have been selling weed my entire life. They've been selling weed since I was a baby. Um, I know. I know they've been selling weed since I was a baby because on my birth certificate, it lists my weight in grams. Because um, I was a hippie kid and I was born at home and it was the only scale that we had. Um, let's see. Uh, I didn't... Uh, I didn't like being a a hippie kid. Some of the time I spent a lot of time as a kid just hoping and praying for like one toy that wasn't made of wood. That's all I really wanted out of that. I I was forced to go to public school, which is tough because they have things like, what does your dad do for a living day? And all the other dads show up in like suits and ties and they're like doctors and lawyers and then my dad strolls in like 20 minutes late, kind of looking like homeless Gandalf, tells the class he works in agriculture. <laughs> uh, I live in uh, San Francisco now. Uh, I, have a, I have a son of my own. I am not looking forward to the day that I have to 
tell him that every time his grandpa sends him a birthday check, it's technically a form of money laundering. Uh, all of my friends are like part of these like amazing businesses too. Like they're all part of these startups and I have, and I have a, a five-year-old. That's what I have, which is a lot like being part of a really, really shitty startup. Like I'm like five years into this startup and I don't think it's ever going to turn a profit. <laughs> I mean, I am just dumping money into this thing and the only thing it's developing is an attitude problem. Uh, I started him with my now ex-co-founder. Um, like a lot of startups, kind of an accident. Um, like, you know how it is, right? Like, uh, you're at Passover one year, and uh, you have one too many glasses of wine because God loves plagues. <laughs> and then later that night, you have a business meeting, and uh, there you are. Nine months later at launch, just wondering how the fuck you got there. <laughs> the plan at this point is uh, to continue to grow him and eventually take him public. <laughs> I am hoping he's acquired at some point by anybody. I tried to explain that joke to him at one point. <laughs> he did not get it. Um... His mom and I are divorced now, which is by far the most successful part of our marriage, Pam understands. <laughs> um, it's true, some people, um, we're great co-parents, we, we, we hang out, we, we get along much better now. Some people don't like that idea, some people really don't like divorce, some people, some people don't even believe in divorce, and I feel, really, really bad for these people because all it means is that they haven't met that like one special person yet, that like one special human being where you just, you just know, like I want to spend the rest of my life without this person. <laughs> and that's an incredibly special feeling. We should all feel that. Like you know that feeling when you just can't spend enough time apart? That's something we should all experience. And you know, look, if you're in a relationship and you just haven't gotten there yet, uh, just wait. <laughs> just hang in there. It's probably gonna happen. That always divides a room. <laughs> I told that joke last week in Napa to a bunch of 50-year-olds. They did not like that joke. They were all married. There was just one woman in the front row who was laughing way too much, and her husband literally starts glaring at me like I ruined their fucking thing. Sorry, I exposed the truth. All right, let's see. Where was I? Um, my son, uh, let's see. Before I talk about my son, let's take a one-minute break to talk about something. Let's see if this works. I was... Uh, my son is with his grandparents for the weekend. So I was looking at some porn earlier. That's right, we're gonna take a one minute break for porn here. I was on Pornhub. I mean, my break for it wasn't one minute. I'm, I'm almost 40, it takes a little longer. But um, I was on Pornhub and I noticed that underneath all of the uh, videos, there is a uh, button to share to Facebook. <laughs> and if you're the person who's doing this, you need to stop. 
because nobody should be doing that. If you share your porn to Facebook, does it show up like a year later in your Facebook memories? Like one year ago, you were really into Ass Masters 4, and you're like, I know. Now every year that's going to pop up for you. I don't know how I'm supposed to respond to that if you share that. I don't, I'm not going to give you the thumbs up. It feels very, <laughs> feels very aggressive in that stance. All right, so now let's talk about my son again. Yeah, I've only been doing this for 10 months. I have no fucking transitions. Uh, so <laughs> we're just going to bounce around for a while. Um, Let's see. Uh, so my son started kindergarten this last year, and I was a little worried about it uh, because my son is a very sweet, kind, uh, uniquely white little boy, even by like Berkeley standards. Um, he is. He really. My son has a lot in common with a lot of the like white hipsters that are around San Francisco right now. He completely gentrified his mother's vagina. That one never works. I want it to work. <laughs> Why? Oh, fine. <laughs> fine. So he's going to a kindergarten, and, uh, and I'm worried about him. It's a big school. And I go to pick him up at the end of the first day, and he's out on the playground playing basketball with the coolest little black kid I have ever seen in my life. And look, I don't mind telling you. It's all right. Watching my um, tiny, uh, skinny, like borderline polio-esque Jew child play basketball with that black kid was like watching a butterfly try and keep pace with a falcon. Like it was as sad as it was mesmerizing. <laughs> he was really going for it, the poor little butterfly, but there was just no chance that he was gonna take that falcon that day. And then we were driving home, and Shiloh, my son, was just telling me all about his new friend, Jerome. Yeah, I know, it's Jerome and Shiloh. It's like the Jewiest name and one of the blackest names. It's not, I don't make these things up. They're still best friends. He was over at my house this afternoon. Anyway, back to this. So we're driving home, and Shiloh was telling me all about Jerome. And, and how much he, he likes them and how much they're going to hang out and how they're best friends. And then he stops and he says, Dodd, because my son also talks like an Asian Christopher Walken, <laughs> just so we're clear. I know I'm jumping around a lot, but he Dodd. Every time I go to pick up my son from school, he looks at me and goes, oh, Dodd, 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 Daddy, Dodd, Dodd, Daddy, Dodd, Father, Dodd, Dodd, Dodd. It's so good to see you. <laughs> so that's how he talks. When he's really excited about something, he says, oh, oh, wow. Look at what they're doing, Dad. Look, look at this. I, like, hope he grows out of it and hope he never grows out of it. <laughs> like, I really want him to be 40. And just like, Dad, it's so good to... Anyway. <laughs> so we're driving home, and he's telling me about Jerome. And, uh, and then all of a sudden, he says, Dad... <laughs> Why, why Jerome's skin so much darker than my skin? And I'm like, boom, teachable moment, Justin. Let's do some fathering, bam. And so I was, I was reading books, and I, I'm prepared for this, and so I'm supposed to turn it back on him. I'm supposed to say, well, Shiloh, like, why do you think Jerome's skin is so much darker than your skin? And he goes, well, actually, I figured it out. <laughs> it because, uh, dad, 
it because I was born during the day <laughs> and Jerome was born at night. And of course, I have to say, that's exactly fucking right. Good job, Shiloh. Way to figure that shit out. Because I'm a liberal Berkeley parent and I want my son to be friends with all times of day and night. It's very important to me. I want him one day to be friends with a little Asian boy, or as we will call him, a golden sunrise. I want him to be friends with a little Indian boy or a child of dusk. These things are important. It's important for other kids to see. It's also important for other parents to see, especially at his school, because it's very important that other parents at his school understand that I am a better parent than they are. Because that is the fucking point of parenting in Berkeley. Look, you don't understand. Parenting in Berkeley is a blood sport. It is a liberal apocalypse now. We have lost sight of the enemy and turned on ourselves. It is a cacophony of projection and judgment. We are all naked, covered in blood, dancing in the mirror to the sound of the flight of the Valkyries. I'm Justin Lockwood. Good night. Justin Lockwood telling us how to parent. That was amazing. That was, I have learned so much about Berkeley. And now I have 468 more reasons not to have children, <laughs> which is super awesome. So thank you, Justin Lockwood. Yay! Super funny stuff. All right, your next comedian, I'm, I'm, he's told me how to pronounce his name multiple times, and I'm going to suck, and it's going to be difficult, and uh, it's just because I was taught French as a child and not any other languages. Here we go. Everybody, you're going to laugh your asses off. I can't wait to see him. It's Ujwe Das Gupta! No wow. Pam almost got my name right. That was pretty good. But you all can call me UJ. Yay! So for those of you who saw the poster for tonight's event, I'm the baby on the cover. Like I literally have no idea what I'm doing here. When I woke up this morning, I was jet lagged, hungover, stoned, and I had no idea which country I was in. But I love stand-up comedy and I have good material. I just need to remember where it starts. <laughs> so uh, I just got back to San Francisco today. Uh, and I love it. I, I love that I'm back. I love San Francisco. Can we all have a hand for San Francisco? <laughs> it's awesome. It's the best place. It's in San Francisco, we bring in peop the smart and talented people from all around the world. And weed is legal. That's <laughs> awesome. Like, what's the point? Nobody's going to work. <laughs> but I have to say, I have to say I'm addicted. I'm addicted to something that's not only legal, but encouraged in the Bay Area. And I'm, I'm not talking about weed. Weed I can handle like a champion. Why is there no food on the VIP table? <laughs> like there should be something here. Yeah, I mean, weed I can handle, I mean, except for the munchies. But still, like, um, uh, it's good I carry my own munchies. You know, it's needed for situations like this. <laughs> Budweiser doesn't work. Not even when you're high. 
I'm gonna need that lavender stuff Justin was promising me. Um, do you know? Uh, do you know what Budweiser is called these days? Its name has changed, folks. Really? I heard it. America. Budweiser is called America nowadays. You know, when um, your founding fathers heard about that, their spirits rose and moved to Canada. <laughs> they could live with Trump, but this is going too far. <laughs> Budweiser tastes so much like cow's piss that it is worshipped in India. You can look it up. <laughs> but um, the thing I'm really addicted to uh, is my cell phone. Like, since I came here, I noticed that it's so encouraged. Everyone's there all the time on it. So I started too. And now I just can't stop. I'm always looking up. Look, oh, what's happening? What is this? What is my friend posting on Facebook? Oh, why, why did this girl from high school block me? Am I trending yet? Ooh, what's this tab? Ooh. So it's, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, and it's, it's a kind of drug for which I can't even go and find some sort of phonaholics anonymous or something. I can't check myself in for it. Like all I can come is come here to stand up comedy and confess. <laughs> but I'm still glad to be standing here. I'm glad to be in America back here because where I came from, I could be killed for drinking this in here. Yeah, because they hate American beer in Canada. <laughs> Okay, I'm not from Canada, like I couldn't get away with it because of my accent, but I did live there. And whenever I tell that to people, they always say that, oh, we're so sorry for you. I'm like, why? Because Canada and the US are both good countries in their own way. In one, you could get killed. You could get shot for arguing about a hockey game. And the other is, well, Canada, where normal people don't have guns. <laughs> but there's just two seasons there. Winter or winter is coming. <laughs> That's why like none of y'all are gonna move there. I know that. That doesn't mean like there are, there are startups which try to get people to go there. Have you heard of this thing called Maple Match? <laughs> maple Match, really? No, I'm not joking. Anybody? So it's this thing where like it's meant to match Americans and Canadians just in time for the next election. I don't know why that's relevant. But still, it exists, and um, it's basically like Tinder, but when you left swipe someone, it sends a message saying, sorry. <laughs> so yeah, um, speaking of Donald Trump, I know most of you think that like, he, he can't win, right? Uh, because like, sh there's no way non-white voters will vote for him. Don't, don't count on us. <laughs> yeah. I, I know a friend of mine, he's as brown as me, and he's voting Trump. And I asked him, why? He said he's homesick. <laughs> he wants to go back to India, and he wants his entire social group to move with him. <laughs> well, since i am been dissing on Trump a bit, I should say um, that, you know, I'm not here to take the amateur stand-up comedy jobs. They don't give out visas for that yet. <laughs> And still, you know, at, at one point, I feel, kind of feel bad for him. Now it seems like everyone hates him. He should take a lesson from the British. They did it right. They divide and ruled. Like, he's picking on everyone at one time. That doesn't work. Uh, well, let's see. I have some more material. I was writing something today on advertisement and its evils. And then I realized I was wearing a Google shirt, so it wouldn't work. I wanted to get some sort of 
plain sh- clothing, but like I'm cheap, so I only have ad-sponsored clothing. <laughs> so I picked on this one. It's like, it's the least offensive ad I have. It's for this thing called Project Homeless Connect. Google it. It's nice. They do good stuff. (laughs) And that's my show. Thank you all. Keep it going for you, Jadas Gupta. Yes. All right. Excellent. We are we have a we have a we have a wonderfully varied show tonight and the only thing they all have in common is they've been all been doing comedy for less than a year. I can't believe it either. Can you already? Like you guys are like really you, you guys you aren't you aren't surprised. They aren't they're like, no, 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 you know, it's fine, it's okay. Uh, your next comedian, she's gonna wow you guys. I'm excited to see her material. Put your hands together for Selma Zaki. Thank you, guys. Um, So I am usually, I go to school in L.A., so I'm usually there, um, here for the summer. And it's true, like, in L.A., like, people are attractive. It's true, guys. Uh, And... But it kind of sucks for me because, like, now, like, the only pickup line I ever get is, who's your friend? (laughs) So that's great. Um, But I also think it's because I have, I kind of have, like, a depressed face. Um, (laughs) I don't, you guys have probably heard of resting bitch face. Um, I do have resting suicidal face. Uh, It's really great. Um, (laughs) Yeah, suicide. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but, like, yeah, guys don't usually approach me. And when they do, I'm always, like, kind of surprised. And But I'm also, like, what's really wrong with you, you know? Like, are you a serial killer? Are you a rapist? Uh, do you vape? Uh, that's my one thing, you know? Uh, there's a lot of vapists in L.A., guys. Uh, watch out. They will snatch you up. Um, suffocate you with mango smoke. That's uh, <laughs> great. Uh, but the guys I would say that usually do go for me, uh, they look like school shooters. Uh, so, you know, uh, you know, white, um, yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> that's like all I have for that. <laughs> pretty much it, uh, pretty much it. <laughs> um, a lot of people who have like met my family, they always tell me I look just like my dad. That's what, they, we'll let you get, come on in, <laughs> come on in. Uh, I was saying, I, a lot of people say I look just like my dad, so they always say, you look just like your dad. And whenever I hear that, okay, <laughs> sorry, got distracted. Uh, so yeah, everyone's saying, yeah, I look just like your dad. And then whenever I hear that, I'm like, oh, uh, does my dad look like a beautiful woman? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, he's a tired, sweaty man. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Uh, but you know what they say, you know, why be Megan Fox when you could be Danny DeVito. <laughs> and then my brother, he's um, he's actually a rapist. Uh, I mean, sorry, a music producer. <laughs> sorry. Let's <laughs> get those confused. Um, I was with them. I was walking with them, and uh, a really weird thing happened. We actually we overheard an inside joke, which was so weird, between these two guys, very manly men, two very bro-y, very thick necks. That's how I like to measure manliness is by (laughs) 
thick neck. It's like manly man. <laughs> you know what I mean? Nah, man. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I just started. Uh, no, okay. Uh, but yeah, I um, <laughs> I overheard it. Yeah, we overheard it. It's inside joke. Uh, what? So the guy he turns to his friend. He just goes, "Oh, but I'm only gay to a certain extent, right?" And then they high fived and laughed. <laughs> And I was like, huh. And it really did get me thinking. Um, I was like, what does that really mean? You know, like, oh, you'll do anal, but go to a strip club after. (laughs) Or, like, you'll plan your wedding, but it's Scarface-themed, you know? (laughs) So, like, the invitations are just, like, bags of Coke. And and I'm, like, laughing at my own. Uh, (laughs) um, So, like, the invitations is a bag of Coke and, like, a rifle and then a note that just says, Say hello <laughs> to my husband, Gregory. That's <laughs> uh, great. Um, I'm glad you guys did like that one. Sometimes I kind of like get hesitant. I don't want to like offend anyone with that one. Because I feel like we do live in a very like PC culture, you know? I feel like it's very politically correct now. Uh, I feel like every topic is so sensitive. You know, like I can't say anything. Like, I can't say that I'm depressed for attention anymore, you know? Like, all my friends are like, Salma, depression is not a trend. I'm like, it is if I put a hashtag in front of it, but uh, okay. Uh, But, uh, yeah, I do feel like a lot of my friends are very PC now. Like, I was walking with a friend, and there was was a homeless man on the street yelling racial slurs. Uh, This was in the Bay. (laughs) uh, Ooh, all right, not touching Bay Area. (laughs) Ooh, no, I love the Bay Area, guys. but yeah, so there's a man yelling racial slurs. So like, you know, I turned to my friend. I was like, oh, look, a crazy person. You know, oh, look, he's crazy. She turns to me, gives me a death stare. She goes, what? Uh, no, you, you can't say that. Sama, he's mentally ill. You can't say the C word. Uh, didn't call him a cunt, Sarah. <laughs> that he was crazy. Look, he's eating gravel. Uh, like, what? <laughs> <laughs> she she just turns to me, she's like, oh, what would you do if you were on the street? Wouldn't be calling the mailman the N-word, Sarah. <laughs> Fucking hate Sarah <laughs> is the point of this. Uh, that's just the point of all this. Uh, yeah, speaking of this society, guys, <laughs> um, it's my transition. Uh, you guys know that, like, I feel like everything that happens in Harry Potter is happening now in real life. Which, that's just something I noticed. Like, uh, my school has a Quidditch team. Like, that is a fact. <laughs> like, that, no, I know, it's hilarious. I'm just, <laughs> like, do you guys know what Quidditch is without the magic? <laughs> It's like very sad. Uh, just like adults running <laughs> with brooms. That's what it is. Um, I also feel like every hipster just looks like Dumbledore, you know? Uh, exhibit A. <laughs> no, all right. I just, just messing with <laughs> it. Uh, yeah, and then also I do have a friend. Uh, he does have a scar on his face. Uh, so he's just like Harry Potter, but like without the wizard part. Uh, so just like a fucking loser. <laughs> um, that's what that is. A bullied and abused, guys. <laughs> bullied and abused uh got too real (laughs) so you guys drink 
<laughs> yeah. I feel like you guys more like to smoke pot or and stuff. Like you, yeah, you know, with the American beer. I, but you like to drink too, right? Everyone here. I found that like when I drink a lot, like I start acting like a dude. That's just what happens. Like I have male mannerisms, you know? And all my friends are the opposite. Like they'll come to me and they'll be like, oh my God, Salma, last night. <laughs> Last night, I uh, drunk texted Daniel, met up with Daniel, fucked Daniel. And I'm like, oh, man, <laughs> last night, I uh, <laughs> took a shit in the mailbox. <laughs> That's it. It was great. Uh, it was messy, but great. Um, it was awesome. <laughs> They're like, you're disgusting. <laughs> you're not invited. Uh, um yeah, a really weird thing did happen to me, though. I went out, and so weird. I hope you guys relate to this. Uh, I thought that I got roofied, but it turns out I was just having an existential crisis. Does that ever, is that relatable? Um, <laughs> basically, what happened was, so, okay, I woke up from a drunk night out, and I was like, oh, my God, where am I? Like, I panicked. I was like, where am I, you know? But then I was like who am I, you know, like, <laughs> what is life, you know, like, that was just running, like, very philosophical, guys, uh, no, I do want to clear it up, I have never been roofied before, okay, but I have been to a party where nobody remembers me, <laughs> so, I think that's close enough, all right, thanks, guys, that's my time. Zaki, yay! Keep laughing, amazing. We're gonna keep this comedy train a rolling. You guys, people standing in the back, there's chairs. There's a chair there, there's a chair there, there's a chair back there, there's a chair here. You can sit in chairs, it'll feel better for your tushy, or you can stand, standing's fine too, we love it. Uh, you guys are, well, you're gonna fall down because your next comedian is so amazing. You're gonna stand up and be like, oh, uh, she really, and I mean, you're, you're a funny, amazing person, but I mean, I really think that you've missed your boat on the Tyra thing. I think that you should be on America's Next Top Model. I would vote for you in a second. Are you, unfortunately, you're probably over 24. They cut it off at 24, but I say with Botox, anything's possible these days. Hey, everybody. And she's still probably only like 26. I don't know. You're so young and beautiful. Amazing. No, aren't you? I have no idea. I'm just making things up. But you are beautiful, and I want you to be on Tyra's. I'm going to vote. <laughs> Sorry. Can I vote for Tyra? Can I? Can she run for president? Because I'd really like to vote for her more than Trump. I, I believe in her business acumen. Uh, your next comedian is a lovely human being and a very funny woman. Laugh hysterically. It's Haley Benemarch Deacon. Oh my God, that was so embarrassing. Um, I'm 22, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. Is there voting on America's? Next top model? Kind of. Oh. Okay. I'm not sure who you're calling, Pam. Uh, thank you. Wow. Thanks so much. I'm fucking so thrown off right now. Um, thank you all for being here. I love Mutiny Radio. It always feels really good to come back here. I, so I don't even say that anywhere else. I actually mean it. Um, so thanks, Pam, for <laughs> everything. Uh, all right. Uh, so I don't date that much. Gonna put that out there. It's like the opposite message most comedians put out on stage. Um, don't talk to me after this show. Um, 
Yeah, I just, I've never been much of a dater. Uh, I think I'd be more into dating, though, if in every relationship I could die. <laughs> like, right in the middle. Like, that way I could always be someone's girlfriend that died. Have you remembered well, like, <laughs> unfairly well? Great. Um, <clears throat> so someone's talking about, like, having a scar on your face and not being magic earlier. Um, that is relatable. Uh, I don't know if you guys can see from here. It's a small space. Bright lights. I do have, like, this massive scar on my on my eye. Don't fucking lie to me. Like, you can see it, right? No, that's fine. I know. My face is ruined. It's fine. I just want to be a writer anyway. Okay, well, I got attacked by a dog a couple months ago. Oh, you guys don't know how to feel about that. You're like, you probably love dogs. And you probably want to blame me because I'm a female victim. Uh, right, I tried that too. Tried to blame myself. What was I wearing? <laughs> um, yeah, no, it was, it was my friend's birthday. I just went over to her house and then like she drove me to the hospital. Um, <laughs> Uh, her boyfriend dropped me off that night, and he's a comedian, too. I recommend, if you're going to get into the emotionally complicated situation of being attacked by your friend's new rescue dog, you do it with comedians, because everyone's, like, really cool about it. He dropped me off after midnight. I was like, okay, well, um, feel better. Let me know if you need anything, and next time I see you, the dog will be dead. <laughs> uh, so anyway... <laughs> Yeah, uh, I'm not that into dogs anymore. Just teeth animals in general, signing off um, for the year, <laughs> at least. Though, uh, funny enough, this isn't the first, like, black eye. I got a black eye and five stitches, like, right there where the skin thing is. Um, not the first black eye I've had on this eye this year. Um, about two months before I got dog attacked, uh, a bee stung me right here, and then like an hour later, I got hit in the face with a box right where the bee stung me. And a few months before that, I got in a car accident. Uh, I was like hit in the face with an oil rig. Right there. Same place. Um, and weird story, I said I don't date, but I've been with the same guy um, through two black eyes and like another scuffle in less than a year. I know, it's a little suspicious. Uh, he actually asked me for the recent incident. <laughs> He's like, do you actually, like, do you think people think I hit you when we go out? I say, well, when we're in the 24-hour Walgreens, definitely. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> When we're at the vegan delicatessen in Berkeley, I don't think so. I think you're good. They probably think you're my social worker. <laughs> and you're paying for lunch, uh, neither of which is true. <clears throat> uh, so I was visiting San Quentin Prison the other day. <laughs> um, thank you. Um, yeah, it's a great, it's a great place. <laughs> I wanted to take a tour of it because I don't know how many of you locals know this, um, but San Quentin Prison is kind of a unique place. They have a lot of rehabilitative programs for the folks there. So you can like, 
you know, take a photography class. You can learn impressionist painting or even earn an AA degree while you're serving your 20 to life sentence. Uh, some people laugh at that and some people don't. <laughs> That's interesting. You shouldn't laugh. It's fucking inspiring. Um, and actually, as our tour was going by, one of the college classes was getting out. Um, and you know, I think, like, I knew it would be cool, but I think I was still, I was like going in there with this very typical white American woman mindset, like looking forward to that prison porn. Like, I want to see how bad this is. I want to see how fucked up they are to each other. Um, and as, yeah, as the class was getting out, I heard one guy say to another, this is all true, by the way, I don't do comedy lies. One guy said to the other, he's like, man, what do you think masculinity is? <laughs> and the other one was like, it's just conditioning, man. It's like half the reason I'm in here right now. Anger is the only emotion we're allowed to show. And about four seconds later, this other guy comes like bursting out of the classroom door in a huff and a puff. And I was like, all right, here it is. Let's see some shit go down. And uh, I see one of the dudes be like, hey man, what's up? Like, you know, what's going on with you? And he goes, man, I got a B plus on my essay. It's literary analysis. I always get A's. I should have tried harder. <laughs> it was really inspirational. We've all been there. Can relate, right? <laughs> Great. Um, well, I'm, do I'm doing a show pretty soon to benefit like a women's shelter or some shit. Yeah, give it up. <laughs> give it up. Uh, I figure I should practice some of my women's shit. Um, I uh, I stayed, or I asked actually, as a coffee shop was closing the other day, um, if I could stay late. And uh, for doing so, I was given a free latte. <laughs> female privilege, am I right? <laughs> right, I'll acknowledge female privilege exists if y'all acknowledge it starts and ends with free drinks. <laughs> Bam. <laughs> Um, speaking of women, anyone in here afraid of periods? <laughs> How much period fear? Men and women. You can be honest. It's weird, right? Uh, no, whatever. You get used to it, like, so quick. <laughs> um, I actually, I was recently, I was talking in my work break room, um, saying, you know, I think it's kind of weird that there are dudes who actually would prefer to fuck up the butt instead of fuck a person on their period. Are you guys familiar? That's like a, it's like a thing. <laughs> Don't ask me to explain it. Um, but one of my coworkers interrupted and he was like, it's different. No, that's fine. It's because it's different. I was like, for real? It was like, well, yeah, like some people, you know, they get nauseous at the sight of blood. Like blood makes some people sick. And I was like, you don't get sick at the sight of human shit? <laughs> like for real? Like if I cut my finger open right now or like whipped out a poopy butthole, which would you prefer? Take your pick. 
And like further, if I were to like wipe the blood on one arm and like the poop on the other, <laughs> which would you wipe off first? <laughs> like I just don't even believe that you wouldn't wipe shit off first. Like I just, I don't even believe you dude unless you actually do hate women more than you hate Dookie. <laughs> All right, that's why I said everyone, thank you. Haley Benamarge, Deacon, let her hear it with her clean set. Absolutely clean, just about body fluids. I also, I also hate having my period. Uh, it's, it's just not cost effective. It's rough. All those paper products, I don't know what to do. I woke up, I'm having mine right now too, and I woke up with really, really bad cramps, and I was like, why? Why is this happening to me? Dear God, why? Uh, and I realized that it's because the entire Supreme Court is still inside my uterus. <laughs> There's so many of them in there, and I have such a small uterus. Their benches and their robes are big, and they seem to have a lot of opinions about my 41-year-old uterus which is why I have a beautiful piece of jewelry called an IUD, and I recommend that everyone go out and get one. It's uh, really great. It's a pool sweeper for your uterus. It keeps, <laughs> keeps out all the dead babies. That's what pool sweepers are for, right? <laughs> to keep out dead babies. I don't know, I don't know what happens. I was gonna say we're gonna keep this female rock block a rockin', uh, but we gotta stop making fun of our next comedian. This week has been a wonderful week of making fun of our next comedian. It started a joke workshop. It's been, it's been, it keeps going, and uh, and I love it. And you're really funny. And he's single, and he needs a woman now. So if you're single, yeah, I, we're all supposed to. We're all trying to help you. There's like a GoFundMe, but it's it's just for so we can buy him a prostitute. You know what I mean? But an expensive one. You know, like one who really knows what they're doing your next comedian knows what he's doing and he's only been doing comedy for less than a year you're gonna love him put your hands together it's jeff dean thank you pam that was, that was flattering that was great um i invited all my friends to this all of them and they all said oh i'm sorry i can't come i got something else going on um, and I was so relieved, <laughs> like just stoked. Um, and they came, those fucking pieces of shit. All of them, they brought friends. I don't even know half of these fucking people and they're here to see me. Go Josh. Um, yeah, go Josh. <laughs> fucking Josh, am I right? Where's that guy? Holy shit. Um, so I'm talking to this girl right now, um, and I don't like her. In my, in my gut, I don't like her. Uh, and, you know, I also really don't like being single, so I'm just trying to really convince myself on her. I'm really selling myself on this girl. Like, we're at dinner, right? And she orders guacamole on the side. And I'm like, this girl, she plays by her own rules, you know? <laughs> she beats by her own fucking drum. This is a strong, independent young woman we have here. Or like the other day, she, uh, she said, hashtag all lives matter. And I, was like, and I was like, all right, she's a little slow, you know? She, uh, she doesn't understand or isn't willing to understand racial bias, but you know, I'm lonely. And uh, she just cares about everybody, you know? 
Um, so I'm trying to uh, I'm trying to talk to girls in bars. Never been good at it. Uh, and when I talk to girls, it usually ends with like, um, oh, I have a boyfriend, you know. And I <laughs> I was thinking, girls, they have a lot of boyfriends, <laughs> or no. A lot of girls have boyfriends. That's what I was meant to say. <laughs> um, I need to. I need it up here. You know, I, I get uncomfortable. Anyway, um, and the other day I was I was at a uh, I was at this brunch and we were we were, I got in an Uber pool and I got in an Uber pool with a girl who was at the brunch and I thought maybe I'll ask her out. I said, hey, on the way home, maybe we should get wings. I know we were just at brunch, but I went for it, you know? <laughs> and she batted her eyes all cute, you know? And she said, I'm a vegetarian, you know? And I could have asked to get a falafel, but I got the hint, you know? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway, I went home, and it was a Lyft line. And if Lyft lines, it says their name. And so I, I looked her up online. If your name, yeah, if your name is Jessica and you went to Chico State, I can find you. You know how many Jessicas went to Chico State? Um, and I found out she had a boyfriend and I, I saw her again the next week and I said, hey, why didn't you just tell me you had a boyfriend? You had the boyfriend out. Like it's, you're not even lying. You could have just told me and she s looked at me and she said, well, I didn't want you to think I would go out with you if I didn't have a boyfriend. <laughs> right? How fucking cold is that? This is why I'm terrified of talking to girls. So uh, I did have a girlfriend about nine months ago and I broke up with her and I was so excited to get on Bumble. Like, just so excited. Um, and that's because Bumble's not like Tinder, so Tinder you like swipe right and the girl swipes right and then you can chat but bumble girls have to make the first move i was stoked i thought girls are gonna be blowing up my phone i bought a portable charger um yeah yeah um newsflash guys bumble sucks what happens is these girls they match with you and then they just wait. They don't even message you at all, and they disappear. I feel like I'm in a glass box just banging on the walls, and these girls are just pointing laughing at me. <laughs> so I performed all the best practices with Uber. I took a picture with my friend's dog, because girls like guys with dogs, you know. I went camping with friends, and I told them to take some candid shots. You know, I'd turn around and be like, oh my god, I didn't see you there. Like, with the... <laughs> like... With a tripod and everything? Are you kidding? You're so prepared. What good friends I have. Um, I, I've been pretty good friends with my ex-girlfriend. I even asked her for advice. Um, I asked her for advice on my bio, where you like, you know, you ask for, uh, you you tell people a little bit more about yourself. And my bio is: I'm looking for someone to film my Snapchats where I need to use both hands. And she was like, "That's really good." because it shows that you're a goofball, you know, and that you're really self-centered. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, so I'm giving up on the ladies, you know. I'm trying to meet more dude friends, you know. Um, guys I can watch the game with, you know, Jeopardy. Um, and the other day I met a guy. Yeah, 
Yeah, we didn't need an app or anything. Um, and I texted him at work. I was like, hey, you want to get a burrito after, after work? And the bubbles came up. I got all excited. He's texting me back, right? And then they disappeared. What? what? 30 minutes later, 30 minutes, he said, hey, man, sorry, I already had a burrito for lunch. Maybe next time. It's like, I just wanted to get a meal of food. We could have gotten a sandwich or anything, you know? the fuck? Uh, meeting guys is hard. <laughs> girls make it look so easy. I was at a party and I saw these girls. They just met. They talked for like 10 minutes. And then one of them was like, oh my God, it was so great meeting you. Let me get your number. We can get, we can get coffee. And I was like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> you know how hard it is for me to get a guy's number? I have to hang out with him through mutual friends like 10 times. <laughs> and then I have to like casually leave my sweater in his car or something <laughs> so that I can text another mutual friend, ask, hey, what's John's number? I need to get my sweater, you know? So that what, I can ask him to get a burrito if by chance he didn't already have one that day? It's tough, guys. Um, let's see here. So, do you guys want to hear about my first dick pic? <laughs> so, I was in eighth grade. <laughs> I know, early. Um, and my friends, they gathered around me. They, yeah. That's how they all start. Um, they held me down. They pulled... <laughs> They pulled my dick out of my pants, snapped a pic, and sent it to my mom. <laughs> can you believe that? And can you imagine trying to explain to your mom this, this predicament? I said, Mom, they Googled that pic and sent it to you. I'm so sorry. That's not my dick. And she said, Jeffrey Michael Dean, I know that dick when I see it. <laughs> And I, so now I'm trying to weasel my way out of this one. I'm like, all right, it's my dick. Um, I meant to send it to a girl, not you, of course. Uh, and she said, Jeff, do not send that to a girl. You have other qualities to sell, and that is not it. Um, I got made fun of a lot as a kid, uh, mostly by my mom. She was tough. She was tough. Um, so, I, I've been daydreaming a lot lately, and I don't daydream like I used to when I was a kid, you know? When I was a kid, I daydreamed that I'm throwing, like, the game-winning touchdown, like I'm Tom Brady. Now, you know, or later, I've been daydreaming about having a successful career, you know? Now, my daydreams are much more realistic. Um, like, for instance, I'll let you in on one. I'm on stage. My, my parents are in the audience. And I'm fucking killing it, like just destroying. Um, I'm giving the best eulogy at my brother's funeral. Like, <laughs> you have no fucking idea. Like, oh my god. All right. Anyway, that's my time. I'm Jeff Dean. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Strung it all together like a 
champion. Yay! I'm telling you, I can't believe all these comedians have been doing comedy for less than a year. Uh, your next comedian, she's so like above and beyond that she's this is her third fucking mic of the night. That's how serious she is about comedy. She's like, my first year, fuck it. I'm gonna do more stage time in my first year than you've done in your past five. Whatever. I don't know why I gave you a southern accent, because I know it has nothing to do with I don't even know it makes no sense at all. Uh, if people standing, there are chairs. If you don't mind standing in that we can do it. They like standing. You're gonna love your next comedian. Clap wildly. It's Ginny Hogan! It's getting harder every day! It's getting harder every day! So I should warn you, uh, I have a cold and I've been blowing my nose a lot and I might... You know how you can smell when you're about to get a nosebleed? There's like something, like maybe like a 3% chance I'm going to get a nosebleed. Um, in which case, I'll probably go off stage, but I'm kind of an attention whore, so I might just stick it out up here. Uh, just want to warn you ahead of time. Um, I do have napkins, though. So I'm, I'm always getting, <laughs> not like that, no. It's <laughs> like the kind from the bathroom, whoever donated to um, Uni Radio. We have toilet paper. Um, is your husband? I feel, you know that website, uh, like siblings are dating? Because they're a good candidate for like father and son are dating <laughs> kind of thing, yeah. Like father and son boat trip are dating, that's nice. Um, <laughs> my attempt at crowd work. <laughs> uh, I'm always getting myself in trouble for not taking sex seriously enough, like while it's happening. But in my defense, I didn't volunteer to be on top and the potato chips were right there. <laughs> That's, that's a true story. I did eat during sex, and I did it because I thought it would be funny, and it was. Uh, my boyfriend at the time didn't think so, unfortunately. The issue is that we were like near the beginning of our relationship, so he didn't really know my sense of humor yet. Uh, we were also near the end of our relationship, as it turned out. Uh, I, knew, I knew this one was doomed from the beginning. He would always introduce me as his current girlfriend. It's bleak. No, I'm kidding. He only did that while we were together. Uh, and unfortunately, he was like a mathematician, so he knew exactly how many potato chips I had eaten. <laughs> but he was pissed off. He was like, that's fucked up, Jenny. You can't just eat midway through sex. And I was like, Tim, how was I supposed to know we were midway through? <laughs> like, girls have no idea how long sex is going to last. And it, it, like, it feels rude to ask, you know? Like, you can ask before it started for, like, scheduling purposes, if you've, like, called an Uber pool or something. Uh, if you've called a lift line, no, then you're fine, because it takes 12 minutes max, minimum. Ah, uh, it's a lift line timing joke. I'm going to cut it. <laughs> so slow service, what can I say? Um, yeah, but I was like, okay, seriously, like, it would be great to know. Like, it'd be great to know how long sex is going to take. Like, I'd like a, you know, a one-minute light or something. Uh, because, like, by the time he starts finishing, it is, like, way too late for me to plausibly fake it. <laughs> Not working out. Um, the Atlantic published an article a few months ago that made me think of this story. It was called Why Men Don't Like Funny Women. Um, and I saw this because my mother sent it to me in an email entitled, Ginny, semicolon, this might be your problem. <laughs> I was like, okay, number one, thank you for calling me funny. <laughs> and number two, 
That is not the correct use of a semicolon. Like, use a fucking comma, mom. Um, yeah, so I do have trouble with orgasms and, you know, men. But uh, I, I like sex. Like, I don't love sex. I'd say with the right person, I would describe the experience as pleasant. Uh, at one point, I wanted, I was just, I, like, it took me a really long time to have an orgasm. And I went to my gynecologist, and I wanted her to test me to, like, see if I was, like, make sure I was not asexual. You know how they can take, like, a hammer to your knee and, like, test your reflexes? Like, I was hoping she could take, like, a little hammer to, like, my vagina and just, like, tap my G-spot. And, uh, <laughs> so I asked her to do this, and she said, don't eat potato chips in the exam room. <laughs> um... Yeah. Uh, so I, I used to work in a vegan mayo tech startup. Uh, it's true. I am, I am that white, yeah. <laughs> However white you thought I was when I got on stage, I'm exactly that white. Um, so this was a company that was making, I was convinced to join this company because the CEO like really believed that they were making the world better, a better place via like plant-based food or whatever. And he said to me, you know, Ginny, like you probably think Facebook's pretty cool because Facebook has 1 billion users. Well, food has 7 billion users. <laughs> <laughs> Blew my mind. And mayonnaise has a whole bunch of people in Alabama who just love the shit, so. Uh, so I joined this company and they were all about their, you know, like messaging, their plant-based food. But I don't, people throw around this term plant-based. Like, what does that even mean? Is that like based on a true story? Like, can I say like, oh yeah, I made like a plant-based burger, but then I applied my creative vision and took it in a beefy direction. Uh, they were very attached to using like, okay, so this company, I'm not supposed to say the name of it, but I will say it rhymes with Hampton Creek. Um, the name is Hampton Creek. Words rhyme with themselves. That's... Uh, they, they used the word just in front of all of their product names. So their mayonnaise was like just mayo. And then they had a cookie dough called just cookie dough. Uh, they had crackers called just crackers, which also described the racial composition of the company. <laughs> and uh, they're just mayo. This is a story about the just mayo. And I want you guys to listen very carefully because it's kind of long and not very interesting. Uh, so you're going to need to be on your toes. Um, at one point, they were getting sued by the FDA for calling their product just mayo, even though it didn't contain eggs, and mayonnaise technically had to have eggs in it. That's what the FDA said. The issue with this line of reasoning, the, the FDA was worried people would be very upset because of like the deceptive marketing. The issue is that like the people who like love mayonnaise and eat it all the time are not the same people who care about the ingredients in their food. <laughs> like, like, like if you're looking for an ingredient to avoid, you could start with mayonnaise. Uh, how many people look at the back of a mayonnaise bottle and they're like, oh, I wanted the chicken fetus kind. Let me just, let me just call up my elected official as soon as I figure out their name. Uh, so, but the CEO of Hampton Creek did not want to change the name of Just Mayo. He was very attached to it. And I didn't really know why they had to be assuring people that it was like Just Mayo. Like, are there a lot of like mayo mustard combos out there that are getting people in the grocery store? Like... You like go, you're like, ah, oh, shit, I got the mayo guac again. Like, why didn't it say that it was not just mayo, not just guac, you know? Uh, but he, his argument to the FDA was that um, we, like mayonnaise and, and mayo are not the same thing and people don't think they're the same thing. And so he wanted me to show, like using data, that people do not think of mayonnaise and mayo as the same word. So I ran a bunch of surveys and the most conclusive result I got was that no one gave a shit. <laughs> Uh, except for Spanish speakers in the month of May. 
And if you got that joke, congratulations, you're bilingual. Um, but eventually, like, they reached an agreement with the FDA where they could keep the name Just Mayo as long as they added in small print, Just Mayo, based on a true mayonnaise. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do, do you guys know what Thinks are? Thinks, T-H-I-N-X. Yeah, they're these underwear that you can wear. Any, any of the ladies in the room ever, like, experienced or uh, experimented with menstruation? You can just... Uh, you can just wear these and you just menstruate into them. You don't need a tampon or anything um, and just, you know, bleed, you know, freely. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I think it's nice that you can go on and buy menstruation underwear instead of waiting for your underwear to become menstruation underwear. <laughs> and I like the name. It's a nice reminder that women still think when they're on their periods. Um, but it's misspelled, so it's like, you know, we thinks the most we could, but uh, the whole X versus KS thing tripped us up. Um, so I, other than that, I'm generally not a fan of menstruation tech. I think that as a society, we really peaked with the tent system that they use in the Bible. <laughs> Biblical scholars in the house, Pam knows. What used to happen when women were on their periods is that they would go like hang out in a tent for a few days, just like shake it off. Uh, and when I read that, I was like, okay, was there Wi-Fi in the tent? Because that sounds like a fucking vacation. <laughs> you know, like take time off work, hang out in a tent, Netflix and bleed. <laughs> um, I will say, and under other circumstances, I don't support camping. I think it's an appropriation of homeless people's culture. <laughs> but, you know, in this case. So I, I uh, wasn't that into things until I saw an ad on my news feed that said, thinks underwear for women with periods. They got me, yeah. I can't, what can I say? Um, and of course, the rest of the women's underwear market is not serving the needs of women with periods, so. I bought a pair, um, but I should have known, like, new technology, so you don't, no. It was like a black diaper with lace on top, okay? That shit was so thick. And I have to say, I loved it. Yeah, like, I invest a lot in the state of my butt. Like, I take a class called Butt Sculpt. It's an exercise class, not an art class. As I had originally thought. Uh, it's quite a disappointment. But like the whole point is just get a little bit of extra lift and the things, seriously, like two birds, like maybe one egg, like depending, anyway, just get the things. Um, I think part of the reason why the things helped me is that I got like the full size version, like the granny panty kind. Uh, and they didn't want to say that they were granny panties. They wanted to be hip and cool. So they were just like, mom's, mom's panties. Uh, but things also sells a thong. Yeah, I don't really understand how that works, and I'm pretty sure it doesn't. I think that just to, like, be an underwear company, like, by law, you're required to, or to be a women's clothing company, like, you're required by law to sell a thong of some sort, like, I think, and if that's not true, like, someone should tell Lululemon, because, like, no one should work out in a thong. It gets stuck <laughs> up there. I learned the hard way. Um, but uh, I, uh, so it's nice to, like, have some women in the audience when I tell that joke. Um, I have told it in rooms of all men. It can get awkward. Like the other day I was telling it and my boss was like, you have to stop talking about your butt at work. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'll, I'll leave you with this. So I'm an engineer and a lot of women who are engineers will complain that when they tell people they're engineers, guys are like, oh, well, you don't look like an engineer. No one has ever said that to me. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> But I work at a company and we're trying to get more women on our team, but we're not doing the right things. Like we have like cool perks, like free coconut chips, but like we don't even have plan B in the medicine cabinet. It's fucked up, I learned this morning. 
And I was like, how are we going to compete with these other tech companies that have better perks for women looking to terminate their pregnancies? Like at Google, they cover the cost of an abortion. And at Facebook, they do the abortion on site. <laughs> this is true. You can go get your free lunch. You get your free ice cream. You can get your free abortion. And you can get back to fucking work. It's called leaning in to a hanger. Oh, sorry. I'm Jenny. Bye. New comedian, my ass. Ah, thanks for talking about abortions. Um, I mean, I I love I've I lo- I've loved all my abortions. Uh, my my second abortion, I only have one regret, uh, and it's that I didn't get to tape my set because uh, I went in there and they gave me this great drug called midazolam, and they're like, it's a short lifting, uh, fast acting benzodiazepine, much like Valium. Uh, some people during this five-minute procedure talk. Some people don't talk. And I said, has anyone ever told jokes before? And they said, no. And I said, let's do this abortion. Yeah! Uh, it was a bringer show. I left it there. It was great. And really, my only regret is that I didn't get to tape the set. I did all my, I did all my classic stuff at the end. Uh, I gave them all flyers. I said, come to Mutiny Radio every Friday from 8 to 10. There's comedy. Yeah! Uh, I, love, I love abortions. I love free-thinking women that don't feel like uh, babies make them human beings. Isn't that nice? That's great. All right, you're going to love your next comedian. She's so funny. The first time I met her, uh, she had been on stage, and it was, like, it was like her third time or something, and I'm like, shut the fuck up. I was like, no, stop it. Uh, I think that she came out of the womb hysterical. You guys are going to love her right now. People in the front, there's, I, I mean, there's another chair back there. I feel terrible that people are standing, but that's kind of cool, too, I guess. <laughs> Everybody put your hands together. It's Valerie Vernell. Oh, keep it going for this outfit. Please keep it going. It's a little taste. A little taste. I'm not going to lie. These pants are fucking tight. So if this button pops, bro, like duck. Like, you know what I mean? Just let that happen. Um, I love that there's ladies here. Um, Hillary's not turning out to be the hero we thought she was, right? She's not. So I got one to top her, Lorena Bobbitt. Okay? Lorena Bobbitt. Now, if you don't know who Lorena Bobbitt is, some of you do. Um, let me just say, she was being abused by her husband, um, and maybe a moment of enlightenment. Um, she went and cut his dick off. <laughs> she cut his dick off. And I don't know how she did it. I don't know if she like dug around the meat and twisted it off like a turkey drumstick. I don't know if she was like a three blade Gillette. You know the commercials where it's like just smooth. I don't know. I only fuck in the dark. I don't know the mechanics. <laughs> I'm just saying she's a hero, you know. And uh, with all due respect to Harriet Tubman, I think Lorena Baba was robbed for that $20 bill. <laughs> um, I want Lorena on the one, the five, the 10. I don't give a fuck. Like, I want her on all the money so when I go to a strip club, boom, Bobbit dollars. That's what the fuck I want, okay? By the way, about that story, for the guys, you know, they did reattach it. They found it, okay? But it took them nine hours. Now, some people don't get what nine hours means. That means if I showed up to work at 9 a.m., my whole day was to find this dude's dick. Like, shit break, smoke break, all breaks. You know what I mean? Like, and an hour of overtime. On the side of a highway, digging around for some dude's dick. Like, I don't know if they got tongs. You know what I mean? Do you double glove it? I don't fucking know. 
I'm just saying we've had like 200 Nigerian girls missing for over two years, okay? <laughs> Put me on the fucking case. Put me on the case. Do you want to know how I'd find him? I can't hear you. Do you know how I'd want to find him? Find out where R. Kelly's tour last stopped. It's in his lyrics. You gotta listen to it. It's in his lyrics. You know what I mean? My body's calling for you. My mind's telling me no. My body's telling me yes. It's got an internal PPGPS. Do you know what that is? Premature pussy global positioning system. That's what he's got. You know what I mean? He believes he can fly. I believe he can find those girls. Oh, man. There's a lot of racial strife. White people don't have to nod. You can nod. You can nod. You're you're now visiting the party. You know what I mean? You're like, I got to pick a team. (laughs) No, no. There's a lot of racial strife. I have a solution for that, too, because I'm full of solutions. Okay? Now, let me just give you a little backstory on it. Um, I've tried meth one time. One time. I lived in Portland, okay? You know, when in Portland, you know what I mean? But it's like when in Portland, do as the locals do. You know what I mean? And so I'm saying, like, when you do meth as a minority, it's like you fucking get white people now. You're like, I get it. Like, yes, I can conquer a couple countries. Yes, I can beat up a minority with impunity. And let's go look for fucking teakwood in the forest because teakwood prices are on the fucking up and up. It's a fucking investment. Get on it, teakwood. So all minorities should do meth one time. Just try it. Just try it. And all white people, you should do crack. Just one time. Just one time. I didn't test this part of the theory because I don't have to. (laughs) Um, But you can understand like that crushing paranoid feeling of like somebody's trying to fucking kill me and why we love car radios all the fucking way up. Just drown out all those voices that tell you all lives matter. Just drown it out. Just drown it out. Now, Now you guys remember the show Wife Swap, right? Boom, call this show Drug Swap. We can make it into a show, boo. And for my transphobic friends, I got a show for you too called Swap. (laughs) Fill in the blanks yourself, you know what I mean? No, capitalism's a motherfucker, we can agree, right? It's a motherfucker, and especially when it comes to tragedies, because you have the tragedy and then you get the merch. You know what I mean? Because the question used to be just like, uh, you know, could we have prevented this event? That's what makes a tragedy a tragedy. Now you have to ask, how can we profit from your pain? <laughs> you know, like I, I'm so glad that Skittles didn't change its slogan from "Taste the Rainbow" to "Taste Orlando." Like I feel like, I feel like that would have it would have been fucked up, right? You know, like you guys remember 9-11, right? Like I don't have to, I don't have to like do a setup for that, right? Like you guys remember it. But it's like they had like beer cozies and t-shirts and socks, never forget all that shit. And then we had the commemorative coin because there's no better way to memorialize one of the worst attacks on American soil since Pearl Harbor than a useless, valueless coin that doesn't even have an accurate picture of the events. You know what I mean? Like for $29.99, I want fucking planes in the buildings. Like I, I definitely... If I go too far, just tap your fucking foot like Lindsey Graham at the RNC. Just do that. Just do that. No, it's, it's fucked up. And I'm just like, what's next? A commemorative Atlantic slave trade chess set where all the pawns are black, you know? It's $39.99, so you never forget. So you never forget. But even I have exceptions to my own rules, right? Like, I don't like tragedies being exploited for money, but what about celebrity deaths? Fuck it. Let's, let's make some money off of this. Like, what do you guys think about Michael Jackson's estate and Hidden Valley coming out with a Neverland Ranch dressing? 
get on this fucking idea. Now it doesn't have to taste like sweet boy pussy and broken dreams, okay? It can taste like regular ranch, okay? Just, just limited edition packaging. You guys remember the glove, right? Boom, bedazzle the bottle, okay? You guys remember Bubbles the monkey? Boom, put his portrait on there. Okay, you know, a little blurb about chemotherapy on the back. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just saying, like, you be the hero at every potluck you ever went to. You'd be like, boom, Neverland Branch on the, on the fucking lettuce. You know what I mean? What about Purple Rain Pringles? <laughs> Lindsay Lohan Lunchables? And she's not dead yet, but we got to stay ready so we don't have to get ready. You know what I mean? Like, just like a little mini bar bottle of vodka, a little baggie of Coke, and a cheese stick for protein. You know what I mean? Want your bones strong. No, the government's fucking crazy. I feel like, with the, like I love how their form of protest is a sit-in. It's like, no, we bought the chairs, homie. Like, like, we paid for all the shit in the Congress. Like, just sit in the chairs. Can you do anything else? Like, have they not met our generation? Like, we will sit outside on the floor for an iPhone that's gonna be fucking, like, obsolete in three months. You know what I mean? Like, have they met us? Do they know who we are? You know what I mean? It's just like, and then with the gun law shit, it's like, we're the number one gun dealer on the planet. Like, you realize this, right? Like, do you want the number one gun dealer on the planet writing your gun laws? I feel like that's like the Boys and Girls Club asking a pedophile to be their new director of activities. You know what I mean? Like, is there a conflict of interest, maybe, you know? And it's like, they can't enforce this shit, you know what I mean? Because it's like, okay, you've seen those parents on, like, Instagram or, like, the moms on Instagram where they're twerking for Jesus and shit, and they're trying to hand down life lessons to a little baby girl, like, don't do what mommy did. It's like, of course I'm going to do what you did. Daddy liked the post, you know what I mean? Daddy liked it. You guys want to talk about rape? I have no fucking segue for this. I've been trying... You know, I have nothing for it. I'm just saying, like, I was talking with some male comics, and they were telling me their rape jokes, and one guy was like, I don't like the word rape because it's too harsh. And I was like, well, if the name fits, you know what I mean? Like, if the name fits. But, like, I get it. Like, if I was at a restaurant and they had rape on the menu, I'm definitely skipping over it. You know what I mean? Like, rape just doesn't sound. I'll take the pork chops. You know what I mean? And even if it's, like, broccoli rob, it's, like, it's too, it's too close. It's too fucking close. I'll get the pilaf. Thank you very much. You know, but he, I was like, what do you like to say instead of rape? And he goes, sexual assault. And I was like, sexual assault sounds like a fancy way of saying you beat the pussy up. That's what it sounds like. You know what I mean? Like, if we take this, like, principle of trying to make it more pleasant sounding, like, let's change the rape of Nan King to the one time China got a little too drunk at a party, wore a really short skirt around Japan and Nan King. Because I told China, I was like, China, you know what I mean? You can't just be around Japan like that. Japan's crazy. Japan's crazy. J- China, it's China's fault. That's what we'll <laughs> rename it. You know, just tap your feet. Any time do you guys want to know how I'd make America great again I don't think it's Trump I don't think it's Trump I don't think it's Trump although I am excited if he does get elected maybe like there'll be like the black holocaust and we'll get reparations finally you know like maybe that's a thing but um I think we got to start eating bald eagles it's symbolic it's symbolic I'm saying like I'm saying like bald eagles, that's like the symbol of our freedom. First off, I don't like the name bald because I feel like the symbolism for that is like aging, impotent, decaying. That's not what you want for your democracy and freedom, right? What about a sexy bald eagle? You know what I mean? Like a Vin Diesel eagle. (laughs) 
Do you know what I mean? Can you imagine going to KFC on the 4th of July, just Vin Diesel wings and a fucking biscuit dipping in the Neverland Ranch? You know what I mean? Step that callback game up. Step that callback game up. No, I'm from San Francisco, so you know. I'm a douchebag by nature, not by nurture, you know what I mean? Um, and a future displaced person, you know? Um, but all my friends are all about animal rights because humans have no fucking problems. We have none, we've solved everything, right? No, but um, polar bears, I got fucking issues with them. First off, I was in a lift the other day and this guy was telling me, well, you know, you gotta be a skeptic. You gotta, you know, cause they may not be right about the climate change. I was like, he's onto something. Maybe it isn't fucking climate change. Maybe it's just if you drink Coca-Cola and eat Klondike bars all day, like the fucking ice isn't gonna hold you up. You know what I mean? It's like, put the bear claw down, bro. Like, just stop. Like, you don't need more ice, you need more fucking insulin. That's what it is. I'm sure it runs in the family, you know what I mean? It's like, fuck these polar bears. I'm sure it's just like black and brown bears moved in. It's just a white bear flight. You know, most of them live in gated communities anyway, so. And I used to the scenery change, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's funny, some comic actually came up after and then um, told me that polar bears aren't actually white, they're black with clear skin, with clear uh, fur, and I was like, oh, so they're Uncle Tom bears. I get it, fuck them, <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh man, I'm gonna leave you with this, just a quote, um, to the window, to the wall, <laughs> to the sweat, drop down my balls and all these bitches crawl. To all skeet skeet motherfucker, to all skeet skeet, goddamn. Um, that was the first draft of the I Have a Dream speech <laughs> by Marlon. What he's trying to say is, is like freedom's gotta ring out from coast to coast, right? Just hit everybody in the face. So how else will we feel it? All right, thank you so much for laughing. Let's get up to your host, Pam. Keep it going, yeah! Skeet, skeet with your clappy claps. Oh, I, I, when I learned what skeet meant, that was such a cute day when I was nannying and hanging out with small children and they told me what skeet was. The newest thing I learned from the small children is the new dance. I don't know if you guys know about it. It's called the dab. And they go like this. They cough into their arm because an eight-year-old told me, and they're like, you do, do you know what dabs are? And I was like, honey, I'm not allowed to tell you that I know what dabs are because I'm your nanny, okay? I do those every day before I hang out with you. They can't, there's a new dance move, everybody. Valerie Vernal, yay! I know the world is falling apart, but it isn't because your next comedian is going to hold it all together. I am so excited for your headliner of tonight. Why is he the headliner? He has a really great accent. I'm just going to tell you guys straight up. It's the, he can say anything. He can be like, my balls stink. And I'm like, ah, it's like my balls stink. And he says it with his thingies. And I'm like, I love you. I love everything you say. He also writes really great jokes and he's a hilarious human being. You guys are going to love him. So clap your hands wildly, everybody. It's Johnny Isaacs! Hello, everybody. My balls do stink. Um, Sorry. Uh, but it's very charming in my accent. Um, I'm very excited. This is great. Thanks very much for doing this, Pam. It's a great event. 
There's been another great event today, the Olympics opening ceremony. I'm very excited. I love the Olympics. Uh, I especially love the Olympics since 2012. I was living in London at the time, right in East London where, uh, where the Games were held. And we're a, we're a dour people. We don't get excited by much. And when, the, when London was awarded the Games, everybody knew we were going to mess it up. Like We had a terrible track record with these things. We knew we were going to mess it up, especially considering... The 2008 games was Beijing. Do you remember that? My uh, <coughs> my casually racist brother-in-law like to call it the Olympic game. Um, yeah, we don't talk to him too much. Uh, but no, he uh, it was they were amazing. Their, their opening ceremony was the most incredible display of precision I've ever seen in my life. We have not had that kind of control over our people since colonial times. <laughs> Turns out that murder and enslavement are powerful motivators, and uh, without them, we're we're in a bit of a mess. I don't know if you'd noticed. Uh, but yeah, the games were amazing. They were surprisingly they were absolutely phenomenal. But having watched them all. As much as I enjoyed them, I came up with a few ideas for the International Olympic Committee, the IOC. They're the governing body that run the Games. So I came up with a five-point plan. It's very detailed. Number one, you have to appease the skeptics, right? There are always going to be skeptics like my sister. My sister, whenever she watch a, she ever watch a gold medal winner, she'd be like, oh my god, well done, you did so well. You took all the best drugs. You took all the best drugs. So many, who's, who's got the best drugs? You've got the best drugs. She loved it. She really enjoyed it. She, she just couldn't believe any of, the, any of these people weren't taking drugs. And the IOC spent a ton of money like trying to stop drugs, trying to stop the drug taking or the, uh, make sure it's a level playing field, right? So I came up with a beautifully simple way to appease the skeptics and offset all that cost have a separate games for all of the people who want to take all the drugs yeah. do whatever they want you know they can take testosterone take human growth growth hormone you know crush amphetamines in your breakfast cereal for all i care as long as it makes you run faster and jump higher you know who doesn't want to see the 200 meters run in seven seconds <laughs> or like someone out swim a shark that would be cool <laughs> stick a shark in there that'll do it uh, so that's number one, done. Number two, you've got to keep perspective, right? It's an amazing event. There are, out of seven billion people in the planet, there are like, these are the 20 best people at that one thing that they do. But they're also surrounded by the other best. You know, so it's very difficult to tell how good they are. It's like going to Cirque du Soleil. Anyone been to Cirque du Soleil? You go to Cirque du Soleil and it's incredible, but after 20 minutes, they're still throwing these teeny tiny women six stories in the air and they're landing like on the head of a needle and you're like, yeah, okay. You know, impress me, do something new, wow me. Uh, that's what the Olympics is like. So uh, all I say is you just chuck a normal person in there. Every event, just chuck someone in there. Like, uh, it'll be like the kiss cam. We call them the wild cards, right? It'll be like the kiss cam and the price is right. There's a camera scanning through the crowd and it locks in on someone and it's like, CJ24, come on down. Come on down. You've got one hour to prepare. Then you've got to wrestle Uzbekistanian Arthur Timersov. Let's get ready to rumble. It'll be amazing. Who wouldn't want to watch some poor fat slob humiliate themselves trying to do gymnastics or like the high dive or uh, all the equestrian events <laughs> although I feel with the equestrian events you'd have to go pluck a nearby horse out of a field because the you know the riders are clearly not doing the heavy lifting in those sports <laughs> bullshit um, yeah so uh, and I was thinking what is the most the, the most likely event to get an, a wild card winner because that would be an immense sporting upset Right? And I think it's pretty obvious it's the shooting, right? I mean, especially if you hold the Olympics in, say, Dallas 
or uh, or I don't know, Orlando or Samba. You guys are getting a lot of practice, <laughs> a lot of practice. Uh, although Rio, also a pretty good place for shooting. So, you know, maybe, maybe it will happen this year. Uh, and then, you know, on the other side of that same coin, what's the least likely event to get a wildcard winner? Brings me very neatly to my third point. The marathon is immense. The marathon needs to be the main event of the Olympics, right? I don't understand why the 100 meters is the main event. Usain Bolt, okay, granted he's the fastest man on the planet, but over a very achievable distance. It's 100 meters, man. Anyone could just get up and go and run 100 meters. Okay, there's a fairly serious obesity epidemic, so you know, you could go up and just do the 100 meters in a mobility scooter, you know? But the marathon, you can't do that. You can't just get up and go run a marathon. You can't even do it in a mobility scooter. They have a range of 20 miles. You'd have to get up and walk the last six miles. You'd still lose. Like, it's ridiculous. It's an absolutely amazing event, the, uh, the marathon. In case you don't know, this is the, the origin story of the marathon. Uh, the, we're in ancient Greece. There's a guy called Pheidippides. He's a messenger runner. Apparently, this is the fastest way for them to... Uh, pass important information back and forth, uh, is to run uh, and get a horse. Has no one ever heard of horses? I thought they had flying horses in ancient Greece. Don't they have Pegasus? Anyway, never mind. Uh, so this guy fights in a battle in, in the town of Marathon. That's where you get your name from. He runs the 40 kilometers, 26.2 miles, to, the, to Athens, passes the uh, message of victory onto his higher-ups, and then drops dead. And so, for some reason, we honour this guy by gathering in our thousands, sponsoring some bullshit charity we don't care about, and, uh, and trudge around in a circle for four to five hours, ending up exactly where we started. Uh, what a waste of time. And if I sound bitter, it's because I am. Uh, I did a marathon a couple of years ago, and it was the worst thing I've ever done in my life. And I've had malaria. So uh, just to put that into perspective. Yeah, I, it was such, oh, such nonsense. You talk to most people who do a marathon, and they're like, oh my god. It's a transformative experience. It's so amazing. It's so zen. Like, I just loved all those hours alone with my thoughts. Well, my thoughts are assholes. <laughs> because my thought predominantly when running for hours on end, week after week, was, why are we doing this? Why are we doing this? Well, I was just awful. There was one saving grace to the marathon, and that is carb loading. If you've ever heard, if you know what carb loading is, it's a very sort of a, a standard practice with uh, endurance events for two to three days before the before your event you shovel your face full of carbohydrates it's the happiest i've ever been in my life i think uh and uh yeah pasta was my weapon of choice you're basically just fueling your body for the impending doom that you've imposed upon yourself um so i've got a new regime now that i don't do endurance events i only do the carb loading all of the time and none of the running. And, uh, and side note, I'm 45 pounds heavier than when I ran that marathon. I'm sure it's unrelated. Um, but yeah, the, 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 um, none of that negative stuff applies to the professionals, right? The pros are phenomenal. They, they run, they sprint the marathon about 12 miles an hour which I'm not exaggerating, I could not do for 60 seconds. I could not run for that fast for 60 seconds. And I don't think sprinting is something that adults do. You know, it's something you, you stop doing as a kid, right? Unless you play like team sports or you're one of those idiots who pays $200 to go to the CrossFit gym next to my office, um, <laughs> which is just ridiculous. Uh, but they, yeah, they sprint this marathon. It's uh, the only scenario where I imagine people 
a normal everyday people run is when they're running for a bus, right? You run for a bus, it takes off just before you get there. Ah, oh, fuck it, you stop. So this is the scenario instead. You run for the bus, it takes off just as you get there, and uh, you keep running. And you keep running for 12, no, for two hours, although it's slightly unclear why the bus is driving at exactly 12 miles an hour, but, uh, you know, it's just for the point of the story. Um, so, yeah, that's the point. The marathon should be the main event of the, of the, uh, of the Olympics. Uh, point number four, you need to get rid of all the terrible events of the Olympics. Uh, one quick point. Did you know there used to be an event that was called simply motorboating? <laughs> yeah, that was an event in the Olympics for a while, and it was the only event where men and women competed together. Um, <laughs> fan. Yeah, uh, so the, the modern pentathlon is my least favourite event. It's such nonsense. The original pentathlon was... Uh, Again, an ancient Greek event designed to test the prowess of soldiers. But it was ancient Greece, so it was like eating grapes and sucking dick. Um, uh, so the modern pentathlon was introduced in the early 20th century, and it was supposed to test, uh, very speci weirdly specific, this one. Uh, it was supposed to recreate the environment for a cavalryman trapped behind enemy lines. That, is, that was the description of the, event, of the thing. So five events. In order to escape, they have to, one, ride an unfamiliar horse. Uh, two, uh, fight their enemies with f swords and pistols. Three, swim, number four, and run, five, to evade their captors. Which is just nonsense, because uh, modern pentathlon, first of all, who the fuck is fighting in wars with swords anymore? That's going to wait a quick far away to lose. And second of all, cavalrymen don't even ride horses anymore. They drive tanks. And you can't race tanks in the Olympics because you'd ruin the track. Uh, it's a terrible idea. So, yeah, uh, they definitely need to scrap that. And then my fifth idea, uh, which is a very simple one, is you need a winner, right? The Olympics needs a clear-cut winner. So you take all of your gold medal holders, uh, you put them into one very simple event, but there's a twist. After we spent all this time emphasizing how amazing these people are by pitting them against everyday people, we turn the tables and we just remind everybody that these are just everyday people with one exceptional skill. And you do this with a gloriously simple event called the non-dominant arm throw. <laughs> uh, and so what you do is you take an object in your non-dominant arm, for me, the left, and you throw it as far as you can. And the reason we do this is because I don't care who you are, I don't care whether you're Michael Phelps or Jessica Ennis or Chris Hoy or Ben Johnson or Michael Johnson, you cannot maintain awe and respect for someone after you've watched them do this. <laughs> All right, that's my time. Thank you very much. Cheers, Pam. Isaacs, you guys, this has been an amazing night. Before I run through the amazing eight comedian, my pants are really tight. I'm sorry, you guys. It's hard. They make your pants tighter these days. Did you know that? There's like, they say that they put the stretchy things in them. It's not true. It's all, it's very, very tight. Uh, clap your hands wildly for Justin Lockwood, UJ Dasgupta, Selma Zaki, Haley Benamarch Deacon, Jeff Dean, Jenny Ogan, Valerie Vernal, and Johnny Isaacs, who you just saw. 
I've been your host, Pam Benjamin. I'm going to leave you guys with a joke only because I don't think... Oh, there he is. You guys, clap it up for my amazing boyfriend. He just came out of the bathroom. He actually watched his hands. It's really sweet of him. He deals with me all the time and all this bullshit. And I tried to be the perfect girlfriend the other day. And I'm a terrible girlfriend, but I tried. So I was sucking his cock while he was playing Call of Duty. You know, I was trying to be the perfect girlfriend. You understand? It's a seven-minute game. I was trying my best. And uh, he realized halfway through that he could not sustain his attentions adequately on both tasks. Like, So he had to choose call a duty or call a booty what do you choose sir (laughs) i know he thought really hard too he actually it's okay don't feel badly about yourself he also chose the first person shooter game i just wanted him to shoot me in the face uh the the only person he wants to shoot in the face is a 12 year old boy who lives in korea Come on, you guys, let's get these fuckers. I'm like, I know, let's do it. I, I, we're trying to get more sexy, and I, we're just both so vanilla, and I don't know how to be sexy and talk in the bedroom. So I was like, honey, put on the headset, because I've heard what you say to those 12-year-old boys in Korea. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm going to put my gun in your pussy mouth. Say that to me. <laughs> it sounds like we're going to have a good night. I hope, I hope it happens later tonight. Thank you guys so much for giving your night to us here at Mutiny Radio. We do this every Friday uh, from 8 to 10. You always get a pot treat. uh, So tell your friends, it's good time. If you had a good time, come back again. It's every Friday from 8 to 10. Uh, Thank you again all for being here. Have a beautiful night. Oh, uh, clap, keep clapping. David Zunzu Kersher running the ones and twos. Clap for our board op. He's an amazing human being. Thanks so much. Viva Mutiny Radio. Para Vida. Good night. Yay. Yay.